This presentation of the USA CBD Conference is brought to you by IndustryPods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well-being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. Calling all of our friends to the speaker arena. We got some seats available right now. We want to make sure you come on through and support our next speaker. Come on through. All right, coming to the main stage is Mr. Devin Penhall, who is the Director of Client Strategy at Force Brands, the leading recruiting firm for consumer brands. This is important if you are building your CBD business, you want to get some strategy, this guy that's about to take the main stage right now will provide you guidance. Now, Devin works out of uh, the company's Los Angeles office and runs Force Brands specialized cannabis division, Herb Force, which is so cool. <laughs> in his role, he helps advise some of the fastest growing cannabis companies in the country on their unique hiring strategies. Devin brings years of experience both in CPG and cannabis brand building to his current role at companies both large and small. As a former marketing manager at Red Bull, did you hear what I said, Red Bull? Yeah, you definitely are gonna give us wings, aren't you? All right. <laughs> he was there for more than eight years as an instrumental player in the launch of a cannabis startup. He is excited to be immense in the uh, industry full of emerging new players and wants to help build the cannabis brands of tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Mr. Devin Penhall. Woo! Hey, how's everybody doing today? Uh, my name is Devin Penhall. I am the Director of Client Strategy for Force Brands. Really appreciate you coming out. Thank you for the CBD Expo team for inviting me. Uh, and really my job here is to teach you guys and talk to you about how to build a world-class team. So as you can see, we have a ton of stuff on the agenda. Uh, it's just gonna be an array of topics pertaining to how to build and also how to retain your team. I'm gonna be sharing insights from Force Brands 12 plus years in the CPG industry, uh, also my 10 plus years at Red Bull and in the cannabis industry. And then I'm also gonna be sharing a bit of insights from a talent market report we did in 2019 that basically outlined compensation and benefits packages across uh, 500 different CPG brands across the United States. Uh, the data that I'll be talking about will be specific to cannabis and CBD. So I know we have a really diverse group of people here, so I will make sure at the end of the, at the, end of the presentation to open it up for questions. So let's jump into a little bit of background on Force Brands. So we help build the teams that build the brands. Uh, we've been in the CPG space for 12 plus years. Uh, we, uh, we offer executive search services and a job board connecting world-class talent with employers. Company was started in 2007 by Josh Wand and Sean Connor. Josh was working for a rum company at the time and he was just a natural connector in the space. And he saw a need in the market that didn't exist and that was a high quality recruiting for the, specifically for the beverage industry. So in 2007, he started BevForce uh, and now 12 years later, we've got four different divisions. We have the beauty division called BeautyForce, FoodForce, BevForce, and now HerbForce that I run uh, and manage the team. We also have 75 people across the United States working for our firm now uh, in offices in Los Angeles, where I'm based, New York, Denver, and Philadelphia as well. So here's just a snapshot of some of the brands that we work with, and I've worked with a number of brands behind me. Uh, so we're very, very lucky to work with really high growth emerging brands in the food, beverage, beauty, and cannabis space. About four years ago, we had so many different clients in, in food and beverage that wanted to get in cannabis, and candidates ultimately wanted to get into the industry as well. So a natural alignment occurred, and we decided to start up the Air Force Division. So I've worked with a number of these brands. Uh, Dosis is one of the brands that we've helped build out the entire team. 
Uh, and really, some of these started with two, three people. Some of the companies you know, needed us to help build out their entire division. Others were you know, more established brands that wanted us to build out you know, maybe like their new beverage, beverage extension. So we really work with brands, all shapes and sizes, all, uh, and with many different employees, small and large. So let's get into it. How do you build a world-class team? I know it sounds uh, difficult, but it really can be broken down by starting with developing a vision. So attracting and retaining talent is so paramount to your success. Uh, and the challenge is that there's not really a one-size-fits-all approach. You have different missions, different visions, different strategies. So you really need to ask yourself, how are you going to differentiate yourself from all the other brands? I mean, we have 500 different brands out here. Uh, so how are you going to be different from everybody else? And it's going to start with your unique vision. Why are you starting this business? What's pa what are you passionate about? What problem in the industry are you solving? And why should people work for you, right? Um, like, what makes your value proposition different from all the other people? And that's going to be really, those, the answers to those questions are going to really help you develop who and really attract the talent to bring into your company. So once you've kind of established this vision, you really need to surround yourself for peop with people that actually believe in that vision and care about what you're doing. Sim similar values, people that, you know, to want to work for you because of the, really the message that you're providing with your, with your specific product. And really what I want to kind of drive home is cultural fit is almost as important, if not more important than professional fit. You can have a resume of that, you know, of a candidate that checks every single box, um, professional-wise, experience-wise, and then you find out you just don't like being around them, that person's probably not going to be the right person for your brand. So you really need to drive home that culture. Like, What culture are you building? What do you care about? And bring in people that have similar values. I know it might sound simple, but a lot of the times companies are not really thinking culture first, and it's a huge mistake um, that they'll uncover later on. So what's next? So what's next? We got to start with a plan. So I think a great way to start is asking yourself these four questions uh, in regards to the major divisions of your company. So let's start with sales. What's your sales and distribution plan for the next 12 months? Do you have an answer to that? Uh, what trade channels are you looking to sell your products into? Start by thinking who you are selling to, where are you selling to them, and where are they shopping? Who's your consumer and what do they want to buy? A lot of times CBD brands are going to start on the e-commerce side of things. Obviously, it's a great way to start bringing in revenue, but ultimately you need to get into retail. You need to have your brand experienced by people. You need to touch it. You need to feel it. Uh, and that's where you're going to really get people to new consumers that might not necessarily be into CBD. You get them to, to become brand loyal to you guys. So depending on your growth strategy, you can do that in one of two ways. You can start out regionally and maybe build out one regional manager that helps expand in, let's say, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York, and then expand from there. Or what you can do is you can bring in a national accounts manager. And what they can do is help get you strategic relationships, uh, distribution partners across the United States and the channels that you need to sell your product in. Second, let's look at marketing. Marketing is so important in building your brand and building a following for your brand. It's the face, right? It's, it's, I mean, this is something that Red Bull did really well, is they brought in people that truly exemplified their brand, and they, they got that out into the masses in very unique ways. Uh, but also, it's, it's expensive. If you bring in a lot of marketing, um, you know, high-salary people, you know, they're not necessarily bringing in the revenue right away. So as you can see, when, when the industry takes a dip, marketing seems to be the first place to go. So where can you outsource versus where can you bring inside? Bring in somebody on the marketing side that can wear multiple hats. Maybe they can do digital. Maybe they can do uh, email marketing. Uh, and then also try to, try to determine where you can outsource your marketing, right? So maybe it's a PR firm or something else. Um, you really want to be able to work lean and work strategically when it comes to marketing, especially early on in your, in your business. And then, of course, like field marketing, part-time brand ambassadors, they're so key to the business. They, they're, they don't cost a lot. You can pay them at an hourly salary. But if they truly align with your vision and what you want to do, they're going to really get people to, to enjoy your brand, to care about it. They're going to talk about your mission, talk about your values, and get people to actually purchase the product.
Now let's talk about operations. Are you building a vertically, uh, a vertically integrated company or are you basically um, working with co-packers? These are gonna be two different profiles if you're hiring within the operational side. So if you're vertically integrated, you're gonna look for a director of ops that has actual touching um, uh, internal manufacturing experience. And you'll need more operational people to help build out your team. On the other hand, if you're working with a co-packer, you're gonna need somebody that understands that relationship and can manage the co-packers. So they're gonna be a much different profile for these different people. Uh, so for example, Dosis is a company we work with. They're completely vertically integrated. They have their own proprietary hardware, their own products, they're manufacturing everything in-house. Uh, and then of course, we have a bunch of editable companies, CBD editable companies that are working exclusively, exclusively with co-packers. So really, depending on who you're do, or depending on how your operational things are sped up, it's gonna, of course, determine who you're gonna hire on the operational side. And then last but not least, finance. What are your financial goals as a company? Uh, and and it's, of course, it's make as much money as we can, um, but have you raised capital or are you looking to raise capital? Are you trying to go public? Uh, depending on the answers to these questions, it's gonna be a different profile for both. Do you need somebody to help you raise that capital? Somebody to help you develop the pitch and bring in the money? Or do you need somebody that you know, has relationships with private equity and can help manage the money that you already have made? So it's really important to answer these questions as you're starting to build out the structure of your team. So now what you see behind me is a fully realized uh, organizational chart. Now that you've kind of thought through where you want to go, it's really important to map out your organizational design chart. This is the type of growth that happens over time with proper planning. Now, I know some of you might be looking at this thinking, I am nowhere near this. This is way too overwhelming. Uh, I don't even know where to start. And that's totally fine. Most brands start out in, in an infancy stage, but this is a great exercise to do. So if you have two, three people working for the company, I still recommend that you build out your organizational design chart for two reasons. One, it gives you a really good roadmap for where you're gonna go in the future. Uh, it's gonna help determine what key hires you need to make now and what are gonna be down the line. And second, it's great for re employee retention. So if you bring in a regional sales manager and they want to move up in the company and they want opportunity to grow, they're gonna look at this chart and say, okay, great. Now I know where I can go and how I'm gonna get there. So now that you've kind of got the big picture mapped out, you've got your organizational chart planned, it start to, it's, now start to, to, it's now time to start hiring based on your current needs to strategically build out your team. Current needs. So take a look at your team. Where are the gaps? Where are the weaknesses? Where do you need to plug in talent? And we really encourage you to hire for what you need now versus what you ideally want to need, or ideally want to have later on down the line. Uh, for example, we work with a company called Kiva. They started out very small, they worked strategically, they built out their team over time, and now they're very successful. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but the biggest um, issue that a lot of the companies had last year is they brought in too many people too early on, they weren't bringing in the revenue that they needed, and then ultimately they had to make layoffs. And that's the last thing you wanna do as a leader for your company. Uh, another thing is to think about what roles can you outsource because there's a lot, a lot of the higher level roles cost a lot of money, right? So you've got high level senior executives that are making 150, 200 plus thousand dollars. Are those people that you need to bring in right now? Do you need to build out your entire C-suite organization? Um, I don't think that that's necessarily the right way to go, especially if you're pre-revenue. Leverage your board members, leverage advisors, bring in people on a part-time basis. Um, you know, try to use as much of your network as possible before you start bringing in really high-priced, overpaid people. Now, eventually you're gonna need that and you want strategic leadership, but work small, work strategically, bring in only who you need right now. All right, let's talk about uh, attracting uh, the right talent with your employer brand. So, a great place to start is, is, of course, your employer brand. And so what that is, is your reputation as a place to work. It's, it's what your employee's perception is of you as an employer. So what your, how your company is perceived plays a huge part in attracting top talent. 
candidates in today's job market, they want to work for somebody that they care in, that they care about, that they believe in. Um, it's not just about a paycheck. So your employer brand is going to go a very long way in attracting the right talent. Um, and, and of course, like as you're kind of building this out, you're, it's a feeling out process. So these, comp these candidates want to come in, they want to understand what you're all about. And also, you want to kind of give them a sense of what you're about so that they're, that they're very engaged early on. So let's look at the elements that make up your employer brand. So this is broken down by elements that you can control, elements that you can uh, directly influence, and then elements that you can indirectly influence. So things like culture, corporate values, job listing, career page, uh, website and blog, these are all things that you have, direct or that you have control over. Company reviews, employee stories, advocacy, uh, social media activity, these are all things that you can directly influence and I encourage you to tell your employees um, to really engage in these platforms, to make sure that when people are looking at your company, they're saying, oh wow, these, these employees seem to really love where they work, I'd like to work there too. And then of course your public perception, your awards, those are things that you can indirectly influence. All right, let's talk about benefits. Uh, benefits and compensation plan are gonna create, are gonna be a very critical role in attracting the right talent. Keeping your benefits packages and compensation packages competitive are gonna give you uh, a heads up and a big advantage in this competitive uh, candidate-driven job market. So there has been some inclination to try to undercut candidates um, who want to break into the industry, right? Uh, oh, we're going to offer you a lower salary um, because you want to be a part of this growing industry. We just haven't seen that success, successful over time. And what I can say is it does happen on a case-to-case -case basis, but really employees, the, the, the compensation package and the benefit package are going to be so paramount to bring in the right talent. If you want somebody from a, a high-growth beverage that's really gone in there, cut their teeth, and helped grow a brand from startup to a liquidity event, they're going to want a compensation package that fits their lifestyle. Um, so you really have to be smart about your benefits and comp packages as you're starting to build out your organization and how you're going to build your team. Because you just have to be competitive in this, in this landscape. So these are the top 10 benefits um, currently being offered in the CBD and, and cannabis landscape. So this stuff comes from our talent market report we did in 2019. So we uh, surveyed 500 different companies across the CPG landscape. This is specific to cannabis and CBD companies. Um, so what you're seeing here is that employers are really offering much more traditional benefits to be um, industry leaders and to bring people in from the food, beverage, beauty industries. Uh, these are much more traditional benefits that, that you'll see in, at a Coke or at a Red Bull. So dental insurance, vision, 401k plan, life insurance, these are all things that people are looking for and companies are putting together. And it's instrumental in bringing in top talent. So we also asked candidates or uh, companies you know, what benefits that they want to introduce in 2020. So now you might look at this and say, eh, that's way over the top and you know, this is not what's happening now necessarily. It is with some of the companies, but ultimately this is where people want to go. Younger generations and the younger talent really want um, these kind of added incentives and, and it really helps build your employer brand. So things like commuting reimbursement, um, free lunch on Fridays, these are just little added things that are going to kind of create that brand for you guys and to really attract the top talent because that's what they're getting in other industries. That's not me, by the way. Um, so another thing to, to note, uh, and it's really important, is that you really should be sharing these benefits packages early on with your candidates. The, the worst thing to happen, and I've seen this happen before, is you fall in love with a candidate. They check every box from a cultural and from a professional standpoint. You go through five interviews, you fly them out to wherever you go, and then it gets time to offer stage. And ultimately, you can only offer them benefits just for themselves and not for their family and their dependents. And now the deal falls apart. You got three more months now to find a new candidate. And ultimately, just extremely disappointed. So it's really important to get out of front of this, get out ahead of it, let these candidates know what you're offering, and then also be flexible. Um, you know, it's a hot candidate market, 3% unemployment rate. So you need to be able to have these conversations. And if there's something that one employee needs that another you know, might not have, 
it's worth a conversation, right? You don't want to lose top talent over something small. Um, now, of, of course, if it's uh, you know something that's going to increase the bottom line by ten, twenty thousand dollars, that's a whole different conversation. But be flexible um, and really have that conversation with your candidates to make sure that they understand what you're being provided and that they feel valued. Health insurance is really, really important. Uh, and if you can't offer a benefits package right off the bat, offer them a stipend. Let them go through a third party like Cobra and make sure that they know that they're going to be taken care of from a healthcare standpoint. Compensation package. So this is the fun conversation. Uh, and I'm sure one thing we can all agree on is that money talks the loudest when it comes to attracting talent, um, especially in today's candidate-driven job market. And businesses are going to succeed when both employers and employees feel that they're mutually benefiting in a partnership that's fair and valued. For senior level positions, typically the standard compensation package is going to be base salary, bonus, and possibly equity. Uh, and, and when you're recruiting high level talent, be prepared to, to at least have the conversation about offering these things. And again, like I said, we used to see people take pay cuts for equity and maybe if they've already made their money, they've already sold uh, two brands and they're just looking to be advisors and looking to have that equity, you might be able to bring somebody in at a little bit lower salary. But again, we just have not seen that successful over time. When you're thinking about putting together your compensation plans, variable pay is gonna be an extremely powerful tool for you to use. It's going to help in, in incentivize your team, boost their morale, boost their, boost their productivity, and of course, increase revenue for your company. Um, so tailor your bonus program based on your business objectives and what drives your employees, and clearly communicate and document the eligibility. There's so many times where I'll, I'll even talk to my clients and help them build out what their compensation plan should look like, help them build out what their commission structure should look like. You know, is this going to be a, a combination of qualitative and quantitative measurements? Um, you know, what, what, are you, what are the KPIs that are going to offer to kind of get this variable pay going? And once you build that winning team, now you've got to hold on to the talent. Um, one thing I see a lot in this industry is people jumping from company to company to company, right? Six months here, nine months here, 12 months here. Really the job is once you get that person and you really love them and they're doing a great job for your company, you gotta keep them, you gotta keep them happy. So, you know, obviously, you know, along with the vision and the growth plan and the development opportunities, you know, they need to feel valued from a monetary standpoint. So according to our survey, uh, and again, this was in 2019, the survey was conducted at about I want to say um, April of last year, so we were kind of at the height of a lot of the jobs, and of course, we kind of took a little bit of dip in, in quarter three and quarter four. So, you know, these numbers might be skewed a little bit now, and of course, it's an always changing industry, but ultimately, we were seeing that cannabis companies were offering up to a 14% raise uh, annually for base salary. So it's very generous, um, and of course, it's going to help keep those top talent, and help keep the people engaged, and want to stay with you for a long time. And when it comes to the factors an employer considered when determining the compensation increases, performance, skill set, and company for performance were the top three in determining why they got that raise. So again, retaining your employees and preventing attrition is paramount to your success. So we've covered a lot of information, and obviously I could probably talk about uh, each of those each of those kind of sections for 20, 30 minutes. Um, but really, the, the bottom line is, is you need to build a strong foundation for your business by establishing your vision, your mission, and map out your long-term hiring strategy, but also hiring for your current needs versus what you want to hire in the future. And then you gotta put a plan into action by attracting and retaining the people who will power your business with a strong employer brand and competitive, competitive benefits and compensation packages. Building and, and, retain, building and retaining a world-class team is not an easy thing, but I'm hoping that with some of the tools and some of the information we covered today, uh, that you'll use it as a framework to find the best people for your company. And of course, we are always here for you to help. Um, Feel free to reach out to me after, after the conference. Uh, I would love to talk to you about your hiring strategy, your needs, 
give you advice, give you some insights into what I've seen work and what I've seen not work. Um, and it really, we're just here for you. We want to be part of this industry for a long time. We want to grow with, with these brands and really establish um, ourselves as you know, a very valuable asset to the growing CBD and cannabis companies in the industry. So that's going to do it for me. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to hear my presentation, and I'll open it up for questions. Hey, uh, I got a question about the CPG industry as a whole. Uh, are you seeing a lot of crossover and successful crossover between food, beverage, and beauty into cannabis and CBD in terms of getting that talent entering the door and into into this new industry? Yeah, so great question. So I This presentation of the USA CBD conference is brought to you by industrypods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well-being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. Calling all of our friends to the speaker arena. We got some seats available right now. We want to make sure you come on through and support our next speaker. Come on through. All right, coming to the main stage is Mr. Devin Penhall, who is the Director of Client Strategy at Force Brands, the leading recruiting firm for consumer brands. This is important if you are building your CBD business, you wanna get some strategy, this guy that's about to take the main stage right now will provide you guidance. Now, Devin works out of uh, the company's Los Angeles office and runs Force Brands specialized cannabis division, Herb Force, which is so cool. <laughs> in his role, he helps advise some of the fastest growing cannabis companies in the country on their unique hiring strategies. Devin brings years of experience both in CPG and cannabis brand building to his current role at companies both large and small. As a former marketing manager at Red Bull, did you hear what I said, Red Bull? Yeah, you definitely are gonna give us wings, aren't you? All right. <laughs> he was there for more than eight years as an instrumental player in the launch of a cannabis startup. He is excited to be immersed in the uh, industry full of emerging new players and wants to help build the cannabis brands of tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Mr. Devin Penhall. Woo! Hey, how's everybody doing today? Uh, my name is Devin Penhall. I am the Director of Client Strategy for Force Brands. Really appreciate you coming out. Thank you for the CBD Expo team for inviting me. Uh, and really my job here is to teach you guys and talk to you about how to build a world-class team. So as you can see, we have a ton of stuff on the agenda. Uh, it's just gonna be an array of topics pertaining to how to build and also how to retain your team. I'm gonna be sharing insights from Force Brands 12 plus years in the CPG industry. Uh, also my 10 plus years at Red Bull and in the cannabis industry. And then I'm also gonna be sharing a bit of insights from a talent market report we did in 2019 that basically outlined compensation and benefits packages across uh, 500 different CPG brands across the United States. Uh, the data that I'll be talking about will be specific to cannabis and CBD. So I know we have a really diverse group of people here, so I will make sure at the end of the, at the, end of the presentation to open it up for questions. So let's jump into a little bit of background on Force Brands. So we help build the teams that build the brands. Uh, we've been in the CPG space for 12 plus years. Uh, we, uh, we offer executive search services and a job board connecting world-class talent with employers. The company was started in 2007 by Josh Wand and Sean Connor. Josh was working for a rum company at the time and he was just a natural connector in the space. And he saw a need in the market that didn't exist and that was a high quality recruiting for the, specifically for the beverage industry. So in 2007, he started BevForce, uh, and now 12 years later, we've got four different divisions. We have the beauty division called BeautyForce, FoodForce, BevForce, and now HerbForce that I run uh, and manage the team. 
We also have 75 people across the United States working for our firm now uh, in offices in Los Angeles, where I'm based, New York, Denver, and Philadelphia as well. So here's just a snapshot of some of the brands that we work with, and I've worked with a number of brands behind me. Uh, so we're very, very lucky to work with really high-growth emerging brands in the food, beverage, beauty, and cannabis space. About four years ago, we had so many different clients in, in food and beverage that wanted to get into cannabis, and candidates ultimately wanted to get into the industry as well. So a natural alignment occurred, and we decided to start up the Air Force Division. So I've worked with a number of these brands. Uh, Dosis is one of the brands that we've helped build out the entire team. Uh, and really, some of these started with two, three people. Some of the companies you know, needed us to help build out their entire division. Others were you know, more established brands that wanted us to build out you know, maybe like their new beverage, uh, beverage extension. So we really work with brands, all shapes and sizes, all, uh, and with many different employees, small and large. So let's get into it. How do you build a world-class team? I know it sounds uh, difficult, but it really can be broken down by starting with developing a vision. So attracting and retaining talent is so paramount to your success. Uh, and the challenge is that there's not really a one-size-fits-all approach. You have different missions, different visions, different strategies. So you really need to ask yourself, how are you going to differentiate yourself from all the other brands? I mean, we have 500 different brands out here. Uh, so how are you going to be different from everybody else? And it's going to start with your unique vision. Why are you starting this business? What's pa what are you passionate about? What problem in the industry are you solving? And why should people work for you, right? Um, like, what makes your value proposition different from all the other people? And that's going to be really, those, the answers to those questions are going to really help you develop who and really attract the talent to bring into your company. So once you've kind of established this vision, you really need to surround yourself for people, with people that actually believe in that vision and care about what you're doing. Sim similar values, people that, you know, to want to work for you because of the, really the message that you're providing with your, with your specific product. And really what I want to kind of drive home is cultural fit is almost as important, if not more important than professional fit. You can have a resume of, that, you know, of a candidate that checks every single box, um, professional-wise, experience-wise, and then you find out you just don't like being around them. That person's probably not going to be the right person for your brand. So you really need to drive home that culture. Like, What culture are you building? What do you care about? And bring in people that have similar values. I know it might sound simple, but a lot of the times companies are not really thinking culture first, and it's a huge mistake um, that they'll uncover later on. So what's next? So what's next? We got to start with a plan. So I think a great way to start is asking yourself these four questions uh, in regards to the major divisions of your company. So let's start with sales. What's your sales and distribution plan for the next 12 months? Do you have an answer to that? Uh, what trade channels are you looking to sell your products into? Start by thinking who you are selling to, where are you selling to them, and where are they shopping? Who's your consumer, and what do they want to buy? A lot of times CBD brands are going to start on the e-commerce side of things. Obviously, it's a great way to start bringing in revenue, but ultimately you need to get into retail. You need to have your brand experienced by people. You need to touch it. You need to feel it. Uh, and that's where you're going to really get people to new consumers that might not necessarily be into CBD. You get them to, to become brand loyal to you guys. So depending on your growth strategy, you can do that in one of two ways. You can start out regionally and maybe build out one regional manager that helps expand in, let's say, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, New York, and then expand from there. Or what you can do is you can bring in a national accounts manager. And what they can do is help get you strategic relationships, uh, distribution partners across the United States and the channels that you need to sell your product in. Second, let's look at marketing. Marketing is so important in building your brand and building a following for your brand. It's the face, right? It's, it's, I mean, this is something that Red Bull did really well, is they brought in people that truly exemplified their brand and they, they got that out into the masses in very unique ways. Uh, but also, it's, it's expensive. If you bring in a lot of marketing, um, you know, high salary people, you know, they're not necessarily bringing in the revenue right away. So as you can see, when, when the industry takes a dip, marketing seems to be the first place to go. 
So where can you outsource versus where can you bring inside? Bring in somebody on the marketing side that can wear multiple hats. Maybe they can do digital, maybe they can do uh, email marketing. Uh, and then also try to, try to determine where you can outsource your marketing, right? So maybe it's a PR firm or something else. Um, you really want to be able to work lean and work strategically when it comes to marketing, especially early on in your, in your business. And then of course, like field marketing, part-time brand ambassadors, they're so key to the business. They, they're, they don't cost a lot, you can pay them in an hourly salary, but if they truly align with your vision and what you want to do, they're going to really get people to, to enjoy your brand, to care about it, they're going to talk about your mission, talk about your values, and get people to actually purchase the product. Now let's talk about operations. Are you building a vertically, uh, a vertically integrated company, or are you basically um, working with co-packers. These are going to be two different profiles if you're hiring within the operational side. So if you're vertically integrated, you're going to look for a director of ops that has actual touching um, uh, internal manufacturing experience. And you'll need more operational people to help build out your team. On the other hand, if you're working with a co-packer, you're going to need somebody that understands that relationship and can manage the co-packers. So they're going to be a much different profile for these different people. Uh, so, for example, Dosis is a company we work with. They're completely vertically integrated. They have their own proprietary hardware, their own products. They're manufacturing everything in-house. Uh, and then, of course, we have a bunch of editable companies, CBD editable companies that are working exclusively, exclusively with co-packers. So really, depending on, who you're do or depending on how your operational things are sped up, it's going to, of course, determine who you're going to hire on the operational side. And then last but not least, finance. What are your financial goals as a company? Uh, and and it's, of course, it's make as much money as we can, um, but have you raised capital or are you looking to raise capital? Are you trying to go public? Uh, depending on the answers to these questions, it's going to be a different profile for both. Do you need somebody to help you raise that capital, somebody to help you develop the pitch and bring in the money, or do you need somebody that you know, has relationships with private equity and can help manage the money that you already have made? So it's really important to answer these questions as you're starting to build out the structure of your team. So now what you see behind me is a fully realized uh, organizational chart. Now that you've kind of thought through where you want to go, it's really important to map out your organizational design chart. This is the type of growth that happens over time with proper planning. Now, I know some of you might be looking at this thinking, I am nowhere near this. This is way too overwhelming. Uh, I don't even know where to start. And that's totally fine. Most brands start out in, in an infancy stage, but this is a great exercise to do. So if you have two, three people working for the company, I still recommend that you build out your organizational design chart for two reasons. One, it gives you a really good roadmap for where you're going to go in the future. Uh, it's going to help determine what key hires you need to make now and what are going to be down the line. And second, it's great for re employee retention. So if you bring in a regional sales manager and they want to move up in the company and they want opportunity to grow, they're going to look at this chart and say, okay, great. Now I know where I can go and how I'm going to get there. So now that you've kind of got the big picture mapped out, you've got your organizational chart planned, it start to, it's, now start to, to, it's now time to start hiring based on your current needs to strategically build out your team. Current needs. So take a look at your team. Where are the gaps? Where are the weaknesses? Where do you need to plug in talent? And we really encourage you to hire for what you need now versus what you ideally want to need, or ideally want to have later on down the line. Uh, for example, we work with a company called Kiva they started out very small, they worked strategically, they built out their team over time, and now they're very successful. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but the biggest um, issue that a lot of the companies had last year is they brought in too many people too early on, they weren't bringing in the revenue that they needed, and then ultimately they had to make layoffs. And that's the last thing you want to do as a leader for your company. Uh, another thing is to think about what roles can you outsource because there's a lot, a lot of the higher level roles cost a lot of money, right? So you've got high level senior executives that are making 150, 200 plus thousand dollars. Are those people that you need to bring in right now? Do you need to build out your entire C-suite organization? Um, I don't think that that's necessarily the right way to go, especially if you're pre-revenue. 
Leverage your board members, leverage advisors, bring in people on a part-time basis. Um, you know, try to use as much of your network as possible before you start bringing in really high-priced, overpaid people. Now, eventually you're gonna need that and you want strategic leadership, but work small, work strategically, bring in only who you need right now. All right, let's talk about uh, attracting uh, the right talent with your employer brand. So, a great place to start is, is, of course, your employer brand. And so what that is, is your reputation as a place to work. It's, it's what your employee's perception is of you as an employer. So what your, how your company is perceived plays a huge part in attracting top talent. Candidates in today's job market, they want to work for somebody that they care in, that they care about, that they believe in. Um, it's not just about a paycheck. So your employer brand is going to go a very long way in attracting the right talent. Um, and, and of course, like as you're kind of building this out, you're, it's a feeling out process. So these, comp these candidates want to come in, they want to understand what you're all about. And also, you want to kind of give them a sense of what you're about so that they're, that they're very engaged early on. So let's look at the elements that make up your employer brand. So this is broken down by elements that you can control, elements that you can uh, directly influence, and then elements that you can indirectly influence. So things like culture, corporate values, job listing, career page, uh, website and blog, these are all things that you have, direct or that you have control over. Company reviews, uh, employee stories, advocacy, uh, social media activity, these are all things that you can directly influence and I encourage you to tell your employees um, to really engage in these platforms, to make sure that when people are looking at your company, they're saying, oh wow, these, these employees seem to really love where they work, I'd like to work there too. And then of course your public perception, your awards, those are things that you can indirectly influence. All right, let's talk about benefits. Uh, benefits and compensation plan are gonna create are gonna be a very critical role in attracting the right talent. Keeping your benefits packages and compensation packages competitive are gonna give you uh, a heads up and a big advantage in this competitive uh, candidate-driven job market. So there has been some inclination to try to undercut candidates um, who wanna break into the industry, right? Uh, oh, we're gonna offer you a lower salary um, because you wanna be a part of this growing industry. We just haven't seen that success, successful over time. And what I can say is it does happen on a case-to-case -case basis, but really employees, the, the, the compensation package and the benefit package are gonna be so paramount to bring in the right talent. If you want somebody from a, a high growth beverage that's really gone in there, cut their teeth, and helped grow a brand from startup to a liquidity event, they're gonna want a compensation package that fits their lifestyle. Um, so you really have to be smart about your benefits and comp packages as you're starting to build out your organization and how you're going to build your team. Because you just have to be competitive in this, in this landscape. So these are the top 10 benefits um, currently being offered in the CBD and, and cannabis landscape. So this stuff comes from our talent market report we did in 2019. So we uh, surveyed 500 different companies across the CPG landscape. This is specific to cannabis and CBD companies. Um, so what you're seeing here is that employers are really offering much more traditional benefits to be um, industry leaders and to bring people in from the food, beverage, beauty industries. Uh, these are much more traditional benefits that, that you'll see in, at a Coke or at a Red Bull. So dental insurance, vision, 401k plan, life insurance, these are all things that people are looking for and companies are putting together. And it's instrumental in bringing in top talent. So we also asked candidates or uh, companies, you know, what benefits that they want to introduce in 2020. So now you might look at this and say, eh, that's way over the top and you know, this is not what's happening now necessarily. It is with some of the companies, but ultimately this is where people want to go. Younger generations and the younger talent really want um, these kind of added incentives and, and it really helps build your employer brand. So things like commuting reimbursement, um, free lunch on Fridays, these are just little added things that are gonna kind of create that brand for you guys and really attract the top talent because that's what they're getting in other industries. That's not me, by the way. 
Um, so another thing to, to note, uh, and it's really important, is that you really should be sharing these benefits packages early on with your candidates. The, the worst thing to happen, and I've seen this happen before, is you fall in love with a candidate. They check every box from a cultural and from a professional standpoint. You go through five interviews, you fly them out to wherever you go, and then it gets time to offer Sage. And ultimately, you can only offer them benefits just for themselves and not for their family and their dependents. And now the deal falls apart. You got three more months now to find a new candidate. And ultimately, just extremely disappointed. So it's really important to get out of front of this, get out ahead of it, let these candidates know what you're offering, and then also be flexible. Um, you know, it's a hot candidate market, 3% unemployment rate. So you need to be able to have these conversations. And if there's something that one employee needs that another you know, might not have, it's worth a conversation, right? You don't want to lose top talent over something small. Um, now, of, of course, if it's uh, you know, something that's going to increase the bottom line by $10,000, $20,000, that's a whole different conversation. But be flexible um, and really have that conversation with your candidates to make sure that they understand what you're being provided and that they feel valued. Health insurance is really, really important. Uh, and if you can't offer a benefits package right off the bat, offer them a stipend. Let them go through a third party like COBRA and make sure that they know that they're going to be taken care of from a healthcare standpoint. Compensation package. So this is the fun conversation. Uh, and I'm sure one thing we can all agree on is that money talks the loudest when it comes to attracting talent, um, especially in today's candidate-driven job market. And businesses are going to succeed when both employers and employees feel that they're mutually benefiting in a partnership that's fair and valued. For senior level positions, typically the standard compensation package is going to be base salary, bonus, and possibly equity. Uh, and, and when you're recruiting high level talent, be prepared to, to at least have the conversation about offering these things. And again, like I said, we used to see people take pay cuts for equity and maybe if they've already made their money, they've already sold uh, two brands and they're just looking to be advisors and looking to have that equity, you might be able to bring somebody in at a little bit lower salary. But again, we just have not seen that successful over time. When you're thinking about putting together your compensation plans, variable pay is gonna be an extremely powerful tool for you to use. It's going to help in, in incentivize your team, boost their morale, boost their, boost their productivity, and of course, increase revenue for your company. Um, so tailor your bonus program based on your business objectives and what drives your employees, and clearly communicate and document the eligibility. There's so many times where I'll, I'll, I'll even talk to my clients and help them build out what their compensation plan should look like, help them build out what their commission structure should look like. You know, is this going to be a, a combination of qualitative and quantitative measurements? Um, you know, what, what, are you, what are the KPIs that are going to offer to kind of get this variable pay going? And once you build that winning team, now you've got to hold on to the talent. Um, one thing I see a lot in this industry is people jumping from company to company to company, right? Six months here, nine months here, 12 months here. Really the job is once you get that person and you really love them and they're doing a great job for your company, you got to keep them. You got to keep them happy. So, you know, obviously, you know, along with the vision and the growth plan and the development opportunities, you know, they need to feel valued from a monetary standpoint. So according to our survey, uh, and again, this was in 2019, the survey was conducted at about I want to say um, April of last year, so we were kind of at the height of a lot of the jobs, and of course, we kind of took a little bit of dip in, in quarter three and quarter four. So, you know, these numbers might be skewed a little bit now, and of course, it's an always changing industry, but ultimately, we were seeing that cannabis companies were offering up to a 14% raise uh, annually for base salary. So it's very generous, um, and of course, it's going to help keep those top talent, help keep the people engaged, and want to stay with you for a long time. And when it comes to the factors an employer considered when determining the compensation increases, performance, skill set, and company for performance were the top three in determining why they got that raise. So again, retaining your employees and preventing attrition is paramount to your success. So we've covered a lot of information, and obviously I could probably talk about uh, each of those each of those kind of sections for 20, 30 minutes. Um,
but really the, the bottom line is, is you need to build a strong foundation for your business by establishing your vision, your mission, and map out your long-term hiring strategy, but also hiring for your current needs versus what you want to hire uh, in the future. And then you gotta put a plan into action by attracting and retaining the people who will power your business with a strong employer brand and competitive, competitive benefits and compensation packages. Building and, uh, and retain, building and retaining a world-class team is not an easy thing, but I'm hoping that with some of the tools and some of the information we covered today, uh, that you'll use it as a framework to find the best people for your company. And of course, we are always here for you to help. Um, feel free to reach out to me after, after the conference. Uh, I would love to talk to you about your hiring strategy, your needs, give you advice, give you some insights into what I've seen work and what I've seen not work. Um, and it really, we're just here for you. We want to be part of this industry for a long time. We want to grow with, with these brands and really establish um, ourselves as you know, a very valuable asset to the growing CBD and cannabis companies in the industry. So that's going to do it for me. Uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to hear my presentation, and I'll open it up for questions. Hey, uh, I have a question about the CPG industry as a whole. Uh, are you seeing a lot of crossover and successful crossover between food, beverage, and beauty into cannabis and CBD in terms of getting that talent entering the door and into into this new industry? Yeah, so great question. So I, what, what I'll say is that the skill set transfers over very well. Um, the people in the CBG industry, obviously, they, they understand how to grow a brand, how to you know scale, how to bring it to market. One thing, though, that I always tell people coming from non-cannabis and CBD um, space is that people can smell bullshit. Uh, and, and if you are coming in just to make a quick buck and you just see this as, like a, as, a, you know, as a gold rush, you're not going to work out. You have to have some sort of a passion for the plant, some sort of a, an understanding that this is a really important industry to a lot of people. We're doing great things in the, in the you know, research space. And so if you have somebody that isn't, you, know, you don't necessarily have to be a consumer, but you should understand why it's beneficial, where we're going, and that it's not just this kind of cash grab, right? Um, so I think that it's a, it's a really great transition, and, and I can name 15 people that I used to work with at Red Bull uh, that are very successful in the CBD and cannabis industry, but you have to have that understanding that this is uh, an industry that's been around for a long time, and you know we need to pay homage to what has come before us, and then also bring our expertise in from these other industries. And that's what I tried to do when I was at the vertically integrated startup company, is really not come in and say, I know everything. It's come in, put my touch on what I know, and learn from everybody else that's been in the industry for a long, or for a long time and create that kind of cross-section of, of cannabis and CBG. That's right. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. This podcast was produced and presented by Industry Pods in conjunction with the USA CBD Conference in cooperation with Immortal, a well-being company. Any unauthorized use is strictly prohibited. Any and all trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.